welcome everybody um, this evening. My name is Davinia Green. Um, I pronounce as she and her, and I am the director of Cymru for Stonewall. Um, I'm going to be your chair for this evening for this event, um, and it's the first time I've chaired a WEN event, so I'm really excited to be here. Um, also, really honoured to have been asked. Um, I'm really especially pleased to chair this particular event, which is part of um, LGBTQ Plus History Month, um, because as director within an LGBTQ Plus charity um, and an ally of the community, I'm very passionate about LGBTQ Plus rights um, and about celebrating achievements and diversity across our LGBTQ Plus communities. So I'm really looking forward to this evening and I hope that um, the panelists um, and everybody attending get a lot out of it. Um, so the name of this event, which is a collaboration between WEN and the Women's Institute, is um, LGBT plus life in Wales and England, past, present and future. Um, and I think we have a fantastic panel this evening who will really be able to talk to each of these areas. Um, so I'm going to introduce our panellists now. Um, so our first panel member is Hannah Blythen, um, who is our Deputy Minister for Social Partnerships here in Wales. Um, our second panellist is um, author and historian Narina Shopland. Third is Kate Hopkins, who is the writer and director of a short film, which I really loved, um, called Cake, um, which featured members of the Birchgrove WI, which Kate is also a part of. Um, and our fourth and final panellist is Jennifer Charles. Um, and amongst many things, Jennifer is um, a campaigner and a workplace inclusivity consultant. She's also a software engineer as well, so Jennifer does lots of things. Um, so I just want to thank um, all of our panellists um, for their time this evening. Um, just for the people attending, the structure of the event will go as follows. Um, so for the first half, I'll ask each of our panellists a pre-submitted question um, and they'll have a few minutes to answer. Um, and I've said before, I'm taking my responsibility as chair very seriously, so I'll be keeping everybody to time. Um, and the second half of the event, um, attendees will be able to ask questions, um, which can be submitted um, in the chat. Um, what, what I'll ask is that if you have a question for somebody, please put their name. Um, or put everyone if it's for all of the panel members and again just be sure to abide by our code of conduct um, which is in the chat um, so I'm going to move on to the questions um, and for this first round I'll give an extra 30 seconds to our panel members um, who might want to reintroduce themselves um, or add anything to the introduction that I haven't been able to, um, to add. Um, so I'll start with a question for, um, for the Minister if that's okay. Um, so Minister you've been leading um, amongst many things um, on our LGBTQ plus action plan for Wales um, which ended its consultation last year. Um, so the plan is very ambitious and holistic and it touches on every aspect of life. Um, can I ask, what does the Welsh Government hope to achieve with the LGBTQ plus action plan? Thanks, Vinyan. I, I don't think there's need to do more introductions. I was going to say, you know, I might have the title Deputy Minister of Social Partnership, but I'm here in the capacity that I lead on the, the Welsh Government's LGBTQ plus uh, work. And I'm very proud to, to do that as an out woman myself as well. It's something I never imagined I'd be doing when I was growing up in my constituency and I you know, serve as a shy and struggling teenager that one day I'd be out and proud and actually leading such important work on behalf of the Welsh Government. As you say, you know, it was a very ambitious and far-reaching plan and the draft plan was launched in the summer and has now actually been reviewed and we hope we'll be coming back soon working with our expert panel to, to strengthen that and make sure we have the best possible plan. And I've always been very clear, it's not just about you know, what we have written down, it's actually what we do with that plan and the actions that we take and you know, I think you know, it covers a whole, whole range of areas from safety in the community 
um, to education, to access to health and services, and just a general kind of support with those default functions and supporting organisations and just generally making Wales a, a better place to be if you're part of the LGBTQ plus community. Because ultimately, it's about the Wales that we hopefully we all want to see where, you know, where hate is hate is made history. You know, people don't have to deal with, you know, as part of their daily lives, those kind of slurs and snipe remarks, whether that's online or, you know, going down the street. Um, you don't have to wonder when like me whether you have you know whether you feel safe to, to to hold hands with your partner or your spouse so I think it's about actually having that Wales where everybody is free to 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 live their lives free from fear um and to be supported and feel secure and to be their authentic selves oh brilliant thank you so much um minister and that really resonates I think with all of us that the idea of being free to be um especially I think um in light of um kind of recent events as well it's it's, it's um it's been great to kind of be a part of this as well um my second question is uh, or my my first question for Narina um now is um Narina so you've worked extensively with museums um, so do you find that they are moving in the right direction with inclusion of LGBTQ plus stories now, um, or is there still a way to go? Uh, that's a really interesting question. Even today, when um, we've advanced as far as we have, if you look at all the museums, archives and libraries throughout the UK, we're still not there very much. Um, most museums in the UK do not have LGBTQ plus people in their permanent exhibitions. And most of the coverage that is done is these pop-up exhibitions in History Month or during Pride Months. And uh, when they come down, where are we? You know, we are not there in, in permanent displays. And um, as part of the Welsh Government Action Plan, uh, last year I was commissioned to deliver extensive training for local museums, libraries and archives in Wales. And it was uh, five sessions of 12 and a half hours uh, working with uh, heritage organisations to increase their knowledge of LGBTQ plus history. One of the things that we found was people are very nervous because of modern terminology, of modern definitions. The, you know, there was a lot of anxiety around, well, if we reach out to local groups, how do we speak? What do we say? What, you know? So we did a lot of training about language usage but also looking at language and history and using history to um, uh, sort of involve more with local organisations. And one of the big things that we were pushing forward was that people started representing both diversity and locals. And so at the moment, we're working on looking at getting LGBTQ plus timelines for every county in Wales. So very much looking at local people and um, a wider diversity of people. Oh, brilliant. Thank you so much, Norina. That's really interesting. I think language, you're right, is, is, is so key and being able to be educated on that is, just, is, is amazing. But also the idea about working with communities and really having that community involvement is just kind of key to, to inclusion. Thank you so much. Um, I'm going to move on to a question for, um, for Jennifer. Um, so Jennifer, you've successfully campaigned for improved health services and equality for trans people in Wales. Um, so I know this is potentially a, a big question, but what do you, what more do you think needs to change? Uh, yeah, that's a, that, that's a really interesting question. Um, in recent years, uh, things have actually changed a lot in Wales and, and changed for the good. Um, and, and the turning point really 
uh, I would say was around uh, 2018, uh, especially in 2019, when we saw um, that the trans community transitioned from being um, completely marginalized on the fringes, no voice, having things done to them, uh, having inappropriate care offered to them without any consent and harmful care as well. And, you know, the, the trans com community having to resort to pressure group um, tactics and campaigning and, and demonstrations in order to, to, to be heard, etc. And then um, over 2018, 2019, thankfully with uh, Von Gepping's um, uh, work to uh, start the, the, uh, the, the new service in Wales, um, e e even though that was kicked off and that the political will was there, uh, that there were many issues with it actually getting kicked off. So uh, that, that was another round of campaigning we had to do to, to actually get the implementation uh, right for the community. So it was um, uh, the Welsh Gender Service opened its doors, the clinic opened its doors towards the end of 2019, which was wonderful. And we've got appropriate care being delivered on terms that are suitable for the, the, the trans community. Um, and the that there's a very important ongoing community engagement and, and that kind of dovetails as well with the LGBT LGBTQ uh, uh, plus action plan, which is a great thing. Uh, so there are still issues uh, naturally, but the, the good thing is trans community are involved in shaping their own future in health in Wales. Um, there, there are issues with, you know, my, uh, the care of minors, people under the age of 18, uh, not being able to get uh, appropriate care, and also the extensive wait time. So it, there are certainly ongoing issues, but certainly things have changed greatly in recent years. Brilliant. Thank you, Jennifer, so much for that answer. It's um, really helpful to have an idea of what's happened over the last couple of years, what's, what have been great achievements, but also where um, there's still more work to do. Um, my last first question um, is for Kate. Um, so Kate, you wrote and directed the short film Cake, which won a leadership award for the Birchgrove WI at the Iris Community and Education Short Film Awards in 2019. Um, so can you explain um, your role within the short, um, in the film Cake and where did the idea actually come from? Oh, thank you so much. Um, yeah, so Cake. Cake actually started from a conversation, um, but it was a conversation that was facilitated by the Iris Prize, um, which if you don't know what the Iris Prize is, it's a really wonderful short film festival that um, is based here in Cardiff, um, happens every year and it celebrates uh, short films from all over the world um, that are about queer people, so about LGBTQI plus people. Um, and this was part of a community project that they were doing, whereby they went uh, into community groups and workplaces and they invited people to make a short film of their own about what sort of um, LGBT plus means to them. Um, so they came to Birchgrove WI and there was, there's some wonderful films out there. If you do get a chance to look at them, there's so many good films that have been made. Um, and they came to us 
and they asked us um, if we would be interested in making a film. And um, I feel like um, this is very typical of the WI in that sort of there was a lot of enthusiasm. People were like, oh, yeah, that sounds wonderful. That sounds great. Um, and then we sort of turned up for a meeting and we were just like, oh, right. <laughs> what are we doing then? <laughs> Um, so we didn't know what to do. So we just sat and we chatted and we talked. Um, and there was um, oh, there was a good 10 of us sat around the table. Um, and I think I, I was the only person around the table, as far as I know, who identified as gay. Um, there was, um, you know, there were mostly sort of people who I think identified as straight. I wasn't really aware of um, anyone else uh, around the table who identified as gay. And um, we just had this amazing conversation about sort of how um, LGBT plus issues had come into uh, people's lives, how they'd kind of navigated it. We had some amazing conversations about language. And it's really interesting what Narina was just saying about the anxiety around language and how do we speak to communities and speak about communities, all of these kind of conversations. Um, and this went on for ages. There was a lot of tea and a lot of cake, as there always is with the WI, and um, or my WI, definitely. And um, the film kind of came from that because we came to the end of the night and we were like, right, we've had this wonderful like three hour conversation, um, but what are we going to do a film about? And it just seemed to me really obvious that the film should be about that conversation. It should be about the WI facilitating that conversation. It should be about community art projects facilitating that conversation. Um, so that's what we did. We wrote it and we made a film. <laughs> Brilliant, thank you. And I do remember the film and I, I loved the cake at the very end as well. It, I've, I've been involved with um, a number of WIs kind of over the years and cake does feature a lot actually. <laughs> So it was, uh, yeah, very, very relevant. Um, I'm going to move on to our second round of questions now, um, and I'll start with um, the Minister again. Um, so just thinking about the action plan again, um, Minister, I know that intersectional approaches are something that we speak a lot about here in Wales, um, and I wondered how you envisage the LGBTQ plus action plan taking that intersectional approach and working alongside other equality priorities, such as the race equality action plan, for example. Thanks, Davinia. And I think you're right in terms of we talk about intersectionality a lot in Wales. And, and as that comes back to kind of talking about language and what we mean by that as well. And I think, you know, it's but actually, you know, as as individuals, as people, um, you, you can't actually, you know, put your identity within a kind of a box or a silo. You know, I, I've talked recently in an article I wrote personally myself for, for the Western Mail about, you know, sometimes you face, I face that mix of toxic mis mix of misogyny and of, of homophobia. And, you know, there's those different parts of your identity that means you face various challenges as well. So I think when we actually put this plan together, and obviously it wasn't just done by uh, uh, ministers, politicians and civil servants, it was making sure that we spoke to people about their lived real life experience, which is absolutely important because, you know, Tim, that Jennifer said before, you know, it goes back to nothing nothing about me without me and we're only going to get the best policy and the best results if it's been shaped by the people that we wanted to actually make a difference to as well so I think that, you know I think one of the times we did actually approach this plan from the outset that we needed to take that intersectionality into account and working closely with things like the race equality action plan and you know around advancing gender equality in Wales and I work very closely with my colleague Jane Hurt uh, within that because to make sure that we actually fit it all together and make sure that when we're 
um we're looking at things you know outcomes and other plans and other proposals it does take this into consideration i hope as we kind of you know we actually come back at the, the draft plan we we're talking about at the moment that we've consulted on when we have the actual plan which i'm really looking forward to and i can't wait to be in that position that actually we can be much clearer about actually how that would work across the piece and going back to language again i'm really keen that we put these things in a way which is really accessible which is understandable and, and makes sense to people and ultimately it makes that difference which is what we want to do with it Brilliant. Thank you so much, Minister. And I think that's a really key point, actually, because I think that we use lots of words all of the time, but actually how much do people understand those words? We do need to make things as accessible as possible. Thank you very much. Um, Narina, my second question for you. So how has the telling of LGBT histories changed over the years? And how have you incorporated the stories and voices of marginalised groups to showcase um, the diversity of our LGBTQ plus history here in Wales? Thank you. Yeah, um, LGBTQ history has, has changed a lot. Um, you know, it, it is a relatively young history uh, and it's only in the last decade or so that, you know, going back to intersectionality again, that we're starting to stop lumping everything under the, the, the umbrella term of LGBTQ plus or, or any other acronym you use. Um, so, yes, intersectionality is the way forward. Uh, but what, what I'm concerned about is um, people's voices, that we don't want historians to be rocking up to somebody's house going, you took part in this activism, can we do an oral history with you, please? We need to hear from ordinary, everyday people. And it's those people's voices that we need to bring out to the fore. And as part of that work, uh, as a follow on from the commission by the Welsh Government to do the heritage training, we're now looking at doing a, a queer map of Wales, where uh, we will have the opportunity to put all sorts of stuff up there, not just heritage um, stuff like, you know, artifacts and archives and important things, but also give people the opportunity in local areas uh, to put what they want up. There is a, um, a queer map. Um, an international one and there's great things up there like I kissed a girl for the first time you know and that's the sort of thing that we want to see we want to see that interaction with local people um, who can be included in Welsh LGBTQ plus history and not just the named people who appear in the newspapers we need to have a platform for them so hopefully um, when this goes ahead there, there will be that platform for local people and people to talk more about diversity and intersectionality. Brilliant, thank you so much. I'm very excited about that. So I will, I'll keep my eye on that one. Um, I'm gonna move on to my second question for Kate. Um, so Kate, I really loved um, the film Cake. Um, and as you've mentioned, it features members um, of the WI. And for me, it really kind of um, showed how people can, I guess, um, talk about challenging stereotypes and unconscious bias, um, but also how much we can get from embracing um, diversity and inclusion. And actually all of the answers today um, have really kind of, um, have really kind of talked to that. Um, so do you think the, w, the WI and perhaps the Birch Grove WI in particular is a good place to have conversations about the LGBT community? Absolutely. I, yeah, I'm, I'm so, so convinced of it. Um, because, I mean, the WI, if it's anything, it's an opportunity um, for, um, for people to come together for, for once a month to discuss things that are interesting to them, to learn something new, to learn new skills, to take part in um, sort of creative projects. Um, and it's, 
that's its very very purpose and um so in that respect i think just having that time and that space set aside um it's also an incredibly inclusive organization so you know we, there's no sort of policing <laughs> of who's coming in through the door i mean it's the women's institute obviously but um you know if you identify as a woman if you sort of uh, if you walk in through the door then you are welcome um and in, so in that respect, I think it's it's an organisation that is kind of built to have these conversations. Um, what was really interesting for me when we were making cake um, was uh, the film, um, also a cake, but um, what was really interesting for me is that, um, you know, each WI branch is really, it's made up of its members. So the things that are interesting and discussed in those branches are sort of guided by the membership. Um, and I think that's a really, really interesting sort of um, sort of characteristic of it because membership comes and goes. And um, as people kind of came in uh, to the project, then they were able to talk about things that had interested them, things that they were sort of uh, noted about um, their engagement with the LGBT plus community. And, um, it just turned into a really lovely space where we could sit down and we could talk about what it means um, not only to be sort of, you know, friends with someone who's part of the LGBT plus community, but how that friendship can grow into being an ally as well, because we've talked about that. And that's what the film is basically about, is how you go from being friends with someone who is part of the queer community to becoming an ally and to learning about you know the history and the traditions and um the the daily problems that we can face brilliant thank you so much um and my last second question to jennifer um so jennifer amongst many things that i i've seen that you do on your on your twitter profile you're also a workplace inclusivity consultant um so can you tell us how workplaces can be more lgbtq plus inclusive um now and in the future yeah, this is, you know, a, a really interesting question. And um, yeah, it, it's really important to do things like training in, you know, understanding what homophobia is, what, you know, transphobia is and, and addressing intersectional issues and as well as language, things like that. But um, the uh, uh, workshop that I I'm uh, delivering with Tech as part of the inclusive leadership program is to to dig a bit deeper and to to say well what is the main cause of the oppression of LGBTQ plus people and uh, and there's a there's a key point in the uh, LGBTQ plus action plan and that is uh, we will help to challenge heteronormative and cis-normative assumptions. Now, uh, how do we do that? Well, we need to understand what the heteronormative narrative is uh, and, uh, and, and helping uh, cis, straight people, you know, who, who are conditioned, we're all conditioned with the heteronormative narrative uh, as we grow up, which is basically to uh, assume that the heteronormative uh, lifestyle or, or lived experience, if you like, is the principal and best uh, way of existing and other 
ways of existing and, and are uh, in some way dysfunctional or not right. And that underlies, uh, you know, the sort of like half-hearted inclusiveness where you are included despite being queer. Even though you're queer, you're still included. You can work here even though you're queer. Okay. And, but really that, that presupposes the supremacy of the heteronormative uh, narrative, you know, that, that only straight people that have, you know, straight families um, are, are valued in society. Uh, and so it's, and, and from that narrative uh, springs all of the, our use of language and how, how that it affects the way workplaces work down to simple things like banter and then following through into the language used in documents and procedures and communications. So, so it's these fundamentals of changing our consciousness, if you like, as a society that, that, that we need to tackle, which facilitates the understanding and uh, truly what it means to be inclusive. That is, everyone is inclusive and lived experiences differ and are equally valid. Sorry, Jennifer, I couldn't find my mute button, but thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for that answer. Um, I'm going to come to a close this this bit of the um, of the event in terms of the the um, pre-submitted questions, and invite now um, the audience to submit any questions. I'm just going to give just having a look in the Q and A to see whether there are any in there. But I'm just going to give a minute for anybody to um, write down um, any questions that you might want to pose to the panel. Um, we've obviously heard quite a lot um, from our four panel members. So wait, so. You know, I've kind of written down a few questions myself, but um, there's there's a lot there that I think that um, people may want to um, may want to expand on. I'm just seeing somebody write in. I have a couple more questions if um, if none go in the none go in the chat. Just give it a moment. Right. While we're waiting, I might just ask um, the minister just another question. Um, and it's again about the action action plan. So um, as you mentioned, Minister, the, the, the plan covers everything um, from uh, education, arts and culture, workplace, um, hate crime. There's, there's, there's a lot in there. Um, and I think this is also a very big question as well. But um, what, if anything, do you think should be the priority? I think you're absolutely right. That's an incredibly big question. I, I think, you know, one thing I'd say at the outset, there's definitely, as we look at the plan now and the work that we've done and how we're going to kind of take that forward and implement it, there's absolutely no hierarchy of value and importance because, you know, each area is important in a different way and, and to different people and, and different communities as well. I think would say perhaps look at the kind of things in the, perhaps the, the current time and context that we're in and, um, we touched on uh, at the start in terms of actually, you know, recently the, you know, the, the the impact and hate crime and how far we still got to go has been brought home to us and, you know, made clear in one of the cruelest possible ways it can. And 
you know, we have seen a rise in hate crime over the last few years. So I think that absolutely has to be one of the key focuses um, of uh, the work, not just, and you know, it's one thing I say, we, we can't wait until the plan is published. That is something that is happening and has to happen already. And I think that also links to things around education too. Education, you know, in terms of not just in schools, but through within the community, through, you know, just through the work and the conversations that we can all have as well. Um, and you know, if you look at things like the, the proposals around the um, uh, LGBTQ plus inclusive education within the curriculum uh, with, um, with relationship and sexuality education, um, you know, I can only imagine. You know, I, I, I represent an area where where I grew up, where I went to school. Actually, I went I went to a Catholic school in my in my constituency, and I can only begin to imagine the difference it would have made to me growing up there. Not only you know, a Catholic school, but under the, in section twenty eight. To, to have um, a curriculum that not only supported me, but have the resources to support teachers and peers as well. And I think that's going to be incredibly important as we move forward, because I think no, you, nobody is born with prejudice. Um, and I think we need to make sure that we, we, we actually, you know, we support young people and, and we take that forward. And I know there's been some reports recently around, um, there's a the BBC report, a nesting report around um, homophobia, um, homophobic and biphobic and transphobic bullying in schools and um, you know it, it, it's, it, it's, it's awful to know that that is still happening but probably not shocking and I think you know there's some really good examples in terms of what individual schools are doing I know I know some will come we've done a lot of work around that too and I'm keen to work with my colleagues to actually see how we can spread that in schools throughout Wales too because I think that's really really important and then I guess the I guess another couple of things to push out is pick on the things that Jennifer said, you know, there's, there's been a lot of progress in terms of access to services and health services. But as always, there's always more work that can be done to build on that. And I think at the very base level, it goes back to another thing that Jennifer said. Sorry, I'm not just picking on you, Jennifer. Um, but around um, that kind of assumption around heteronormative. So, you know, that kind of assumption when you access services that, you know, you, you're essentially straight unless kind of you declare otherwise. So I think actually that kind of support that we can find in that very simple level as well and also the work around actually you know pushing the UK government around um, conversion therapy and if they don't go you know as far as they as we believe they should do actually seeing what else we can do within the powers we already have in Wales and if we don't have them seeking further powers to make that make that difference and to to you know ban conversion therapy altogether. Brilliant, thank you, Hannah. A lot of a lot of priorities, <laughs> but all very, very relevant. And you're right. There's, you know, I think that we've all been kind of um, horrified by what's happened over the last couple of weeks with regards to hate crime. Um, I think it's touched um, all of us. Um, and definitely, there's so much around kind of education and how much of a difference it it, it makes to everybody. Um, just to, to to know that you're in an inclusive environment, um, but also that you're that you're supported. So yeah, there's there's, there's lots there, but um, but we obviously support the work that you're doing. Um, I've got a few uh, questions now in the Q and A. Um, I actually wonder if you don't mind, Hannah, if I pose the next question to you again. I'm really sorry. I'm conscious that um, just for the for the um for the attendees um Hannah unfortunately has to leave um at quarter two um so I just want to make sure that you are able to answer this question so sorry to put you on the spot again um but what what advice um Hannah would you give to LGBTQ plus women who are thinking of getting into politics yeah so as I should apologize for having to to leave early um, I, I was saying before that I waited all, all LGBT history month this year for 
for some events to go along to and two have come along on the same evening and I'm keen to kind of support both the best I can so but if there's any other questions after I go I'm more than happy for you for them to be fielded through my office and to feedback through um through when and through the, the, the WI and um, I guess you know I think that question is best answered from a very personal perspective and I think um one thing I would say is that when I was growing up I never um imagined I would be a politician or a member of the Senate firstly the the assembly then the Senate didn't exist um I didn't think politics was something for somebody like me um a politician didn't look like me I didn't identify and you know and from another sense I never thought I could do it because um I was terrified of public speaking I was so shy um uh, which is kind of you know obviously it's probably a career hazard for somebody wanting to go into politics but I was lucky that over the years I had support to to grow that confidence so the reason why I use this as a, a way of kind of opening this is that don't believe that you can't do it um if I can do it it is possible um I think one of the things I would do is say you know when I got elected in 2016, um, there was three of us were elected and became the th first three out members of, of the then Welsh Assembly. Um, and it does make a difference being able to bring, you know, it makes a difference to our politics, it makes a difference to our democracy, having those diverse lived experiences. So I think it's really, really important. And actually, the other thing I would say in terms of advice is it's not just about elected politics too. Um, politics is all around us it's you know it's I, I became a politician because um I was an activist and a campaigner and I still feel it you know at my core that's what I am and I think you know there's so there's ways in terms that to get into the different avenues and every contribution is important so I think the advice I would say just more broadly in, in closing is to 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 believe in yourself and believe that you can do it and make sure you've got that support network around you as well but don't believe it's not for you it is for you and you absolutely would make a difference and would make it better. Oh, brilliant. Thank you so much, Minister. I think that's really inspirational. I, I'm a big believer in, in the right people being at the table. So that really kind of sings to that. I think that for anybody um, who um, is on this call who is really interested in going into kind of public life, um, when um, and um, Stonewall Cymru, Disability Wales and East are um, kind of de delivering a mentoring program to support people in doing that. And um, many SEDIF members um, are mentors and we've had um, kind of many achievements with, with that program. So there are as, as um, the minister said, you, um, it's really great to, um, to ensure that you have support in, in doing it. And, and it's a really kind of good way of, of getting that support to, to kind of move into public life. Um, we've got quite a few questions now. So I'm going to um, ask the first one. Um, and this is for any of the panelists um, who may want to um, respond. So do any of the panelists have any books um, book suggestions for somebody who wants to learn more about LGBTQ plus history in Wales and the UK as a whole? Anybody who might want to respond to that one? Shall I start? Um, if people haven't seen it, and I'm going to put the link in chat here. Uh, this is a, a link to uh, Welsh Pride, which is a timeline of Welsh LGBTQ plus history from the earliest of time uh, up to, I think it was 2020, 21. Um, so that, that gives a basic. There's also my book, Forbidden Lives, which details it, it Forbidden Lives was the first completely historical book on Welsh LGBTQ plus history. There's also Daryl Leeworthy's book, A Little Gay History of Wales, 
and Hugh Osborne's book, um, Queer Wales, which will all give you um, a start. Uh, we're also starting a new website soon um, as part of the um, LGBT Research uh, Group of Wales, where people can read blogs and offer to write and, and put. So um, when that's up, I will be releasing the link for anybody who wants to contribute to that website. Brilliant, thank you so much. Is there any, um, do, do any of the other panelists want to offer anything to that? You don't have to. <laughs> okay, I will move on to, um, then we'll move on to the next question then. Um, and again, this is for everybody, I think. So how can we make sure LGBT, LGBTIQ plus identities are celebrated across all of Wales, particularly in rural and remote um, areas and not just in central South Wales. Does anybody want to talk to that question? Yeah, that, that, that's a really, really good question because um, we do have like an issue in Wales where the situation in Cardiff is totally different from elsewhere in, in more remote areas. And, um, and, and for a time I felt in Cardiff, when I, when I lived in Cardiff, I thought, Pays is great, you know, I, I'm living a reasonable life here without getting beaten up just because I'm trans, you know, when I walk down the street. But those things still happening on a day-to-day -day basis elsewhere in Wales. And so, yeah, it's, it's an interesting question. And, uh, and, and I think it, it's, a wider issue really and and that touches on something that I care a lot about and that is um, how we're going to move Wales in through into the next stage of the 20th century and to have a sustainable economy in which everybody has an equal share in access to good green jobs and good uh, safe uh, good health a social care and a safe environment to, to grow up and go to school in uh, and it's all about investment and it's all about um, having a big plan to 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 get these big infrastructure changes in place it's a huge job we need billions and billions of pounds to get it done and it's you know that that, that we should be looking at how we're going to do that as well because because rolling out you know a nice metropolitan safe environment for, for, for queer people if you like th throughout the rest of Wales is going to be well we need to have those opportunities available to everybody in Wales. Brilliant thank you so much Jennifer. Can I just add as well that I'm working with a lot of um, museums, archives and libraries about doing county timelines. So, you know, you've seen the Welsh Pride timeline up there. Um, and what we want to do, because it goes back to what I was saying earlier about celebrating local people, um, is, is uh, uh, construct timelines for each county. Uh, Conwy, Carmarthenshire and Rhondda-Cantaf are currently working on theirs. I know Conwy are about to release theirs in the next few weeks, um, but what we're trying to do is get a, a timeline for every county, so therefore it taps much more into local history rather than everything being dominated by famous names and cities. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Are there any other panel, panel members who might want to add to that question? 
Can I jump in just for there as well? Just to say that I think, you know, um, so on my Twitter, if anyone follows me, I did sort of promise that I did have at least one rant about the importance of community art projects. And I think this is the time for that to happen because I think that these things need to be sort of celebrated through art and through music and through writing. And I think that, you know, in Wales, sorry, my cat is very cross with me at the moment. I do apologise. Um, in Wales, we sort of we're lucky in a way that I think there is so much focus on the arts in Wales. I think there needs to be more. I think we have like uh, sort of such a wealth of talented, uh, well-trained people who can lead community art projects. And for me, um, making the film and other community arts projects that I've done, that's how you have these conversations. That's how you sort of take these issues from being something that's fairly abstracted and fairly sort of uh, remote from people's experiences. Um, and make them real and tell those stories. Um, so yeah, art for all is what I say. <laughs> art for all, I love it. Thank you so much, Kate. Um, just to let everybody know that, um, that the minister, deputy minister had to leave. Um, I know that there's one question in the chat um, that was posed to her. So I'll get that over to her and um, uh, try and get you the answer um, uh, in, in whatever way we can. It might be that we go through um, when we're well, so to, to, to get the answer to that for you. Um, I'm gonna move on to the next question. Um, this is a really interesting one. So as a gay man inspiring to be a committed feminist and ally, I often wonder how I can better stand up for women's rights um, and LGBTQ plus women's rights in particular. Therefore, how does the panel feel that men within the LGBTQ plus community can better step up for women's rights and gender equality? Um, again, to any of the panel members who might want to answer. I think that's um, a very... I'm, I'm sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead, General. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, standing up for women's rights, I, I think it, it's about, you know, having an acknowledgement about, you know, what misogyny is at a deeper level. You know, it comes from pa the, the patriarchy, you know, that the heteronormative narrative serves the patriarchy. You know, so so contemplating on what it means to be part of that and being complicit in the in the aims of the, of the patriarchy, you know, uh, across the board in all different uh, situations in life, that, that 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 is the first step, I would say, or, or a very valid step at least. <laughs> Thank you, Jennifer, and thank you um, for um, for starting to answer this question. It's quite a big one, so I was really looking forward to hearing what the answers were from the panel. Noreena, did you want to add anything? I know that you um, were going to answer as well. Yeah, just just the um, a lot of the discussion around uh, what happens to women. It, it is very much the focus on what women are doing, what women are saying, and how women are behaving. And I think there needs to be more acknowledgement that. You know, if, if people are walking down a street at night and, and you're the man, walk on the other side. Just that simple. You know, just just try and make women feel safe. Um, I think it's, it's stuff that has to be proactive. Don't wait for women to cross the road to move away from you. You move away from women um, and, and just try and 
instead of leaving it for women to change their behavior, men should be changing their behavior. Brilliant, thank you so much. Kate, did you want to add anything to this? I think, uh, yeah, no, I think it, it ties in, what I was going to say ties in really well, I think, with what Narena and um, Jennifer have just been saying, because I think, like, for me, it's about being listened to and being heard. Do you know what I mean? There's, I feel like there's, there's so many times when I've recounted my experience of something and um, someone has denied that experience. And... Um, you know, say what say what you want about that, but I think you know, in order to be an ally and in order to sort of support women, then we need to be listened to. We need our voices need to be heard and we need to be believed. Can I add just one more point as well? I think going back to language, what we were talking earlier about language, and he is the default pronoun for everything. Um, you know, you, you're driving along the car and somebody says, "What is he doing?" But if you turn it round and try it yourselves um, to see how it works, when you say something and you say, oh, what's she doing? And people will always go, how do you know it's a woman? Why not just drop the he pronoun altogether, either say they or she or mix it up or something, but don't everything, you know, what's he doing? What's he, you know, that sort of thing. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Um, I am going to, we've got, a couple more questions that have just been posed. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pose and then I've got a question myself if we don't run out of time. Um, and actually these two both seem like they're for, for Kate. So the first one is, um, as a member of the WI and also queer, did you find the movie brought about a conversation in your WI about the LGBTQ community? And do you think this conversation would have come about anyway? Oh, that's such an interesting question. Thank you, Karina. Um, I think um, it definitely did bring about a conversation um, because we were, as I said, we were sat around that table and everyone was anxious and they didn't know what to say. And um, I, I, I kind of had to be the one who um, started the conversation and almost like give, give people permission to talk about these things and reassure them it's, it's okay if you make a mistake in the language that you use whatever that means to actually facilitate that conversation and I don't think it would have come about if we hadn't been sort of um making the film it might have done eventually because I'm quite yappy and I'm always talking about my my girlfriend and my cats and my life um and so you know I think it would have come about eventually um but um, not in such a structured way and maybe not in such a helpful way where whereby we could take the conversation away from you know it being about my life and about what sort of I've been up to to this idea of um, friendship and allyship and how sort of people can really step up for the queer community yeah art for all that's what, I, that's what I'm going to keep saying I'm going to go to bed with that mantra in my head <laughs> Um, I'm just going to throw in a couple of questions for um, for Jennifer and Lorena, um, uh because we've got one last question, but it's for Kate, I think. Um, so, Lorena, uh, could you share um, some of the most interesting stories that you came across while researching for your books, um, such as your most recent book, A, a History of Women in Men's Clothes? Oh, you must be joking. <laughs> they were all interesting. <laughs> they, they... The best. 
<laughs> I tell you, that book was 800 pages long. And Pen and Sword said, we are not publishing an 800 page book, cut it. So I had to cut it down to 200 pages. Um, absolutely fascinating stories. Um, I, I fell in love with so many of the characters because, you know, for a lot of history where women are not allowed to do what, you know, they wanted to do, quite often they'd chuck on men's clothes and go off and do what they wanted. Now I'd be cheering from the sideline going, yay. Um, and you see so many stories of, women who cross live for years and years and years as female soldiers, female sailors, laborers, they become mayor of towns, they became police, they, everything, they were doing what they wanted. And the only time we ever find out about them is either when they die, have an accident or they're blackmailed or something. Um, absolutely extraordinary stories, but of course it gave the opportunity for those that we would today identify as lesbian and trans to live their lives. You know, if a woman wanted to live with a woman and couldn't, uh, one of them cross-lived as a man and they lived often happily for decades and decades. Uh, same with trans people. They, they just cross-lived and got on with their lives. And often we did not find out about them until they died and they had been living the life they wanted for 40, 50 years. And for me, writing the book, I spent most of my life cheering these people on. Brilliant. Thank you so much. It's really, really interesting. I, I have to confess, I haven't read the book yet, but I'm going to um, to download it and read it as soon as we've um, as soon as we finish this. Um, I've got just another question for Jennifer. So Jennifer, I know that you are part of the um, Equal Power, Equal Voice mentoring program that I mentioned a, a bit earlier. Um, so can I just ask um, what made you join the program and what do you actually hope to gain from it? Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, I, I, I've got a background in um, tech, being a software engineer, and I've got a physics degree. And, you know, I care deeply about social issues. And, and so I care very deeply about um, getting good green jobs for all in Wales. And, and, you know, so we can have an enriched life everyone across Wales and, and, and not just in a few places like Cardiff etc art for all is part of that you know um, because you know a, a healthy um, society has ha healthy art and, 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 and is safe and everyone's happy uh, that there's less crime etc and so how are we going to do this well uh, we've got amazing developments with green energy we're in Wales, we, we should be, and we can be at the leading edge of that, exporting energy. We can do that instead of having to import it at great cost, making us poorer. Uh, we need to be um, leveling up there. We need to be leveling up on other things as well so we can have better jobs across Wales, utilising our new culture of working remotely, working from home, working flexibly, uh, supporting people with, you know, um, uh, childcare, things like that, giving them access to great opportunities for work uh, as well. Uh, so, so my plan was to, well, I, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> you know, I, I know how to campaign, I know how to write code, I know a little bit about other high tech that interests me but I, and I need see where we need to be in in the next generation 
So, so and, and a lot of it is about um, learning how the Senate works and Welsh Government works, especially in the context of working with uh, the private sector uh, and on, on larger infrastructure projects, uh, things like that, so we can level up and have a better future for everyone. Brilliant, thank you so much. I don't know what I expected from your answer, but that was absolutely amazing. And I, I really hope that the, the programme and, and, and everything else you'll encounter as part of it really helps to achieve your aim, because obviously your aim is for, for all of us here in Wales. So thank you so much. Um, I'm going to ask just one last question. We've got three minutes left. So I'll ask this last question for Kate. Um, so what can the Women's Institute do to raise awareness of LGBTQ um, plus amongst their members? Um, so we are often based in rural communities. Our profile is often white, heterosexual, etc. So what 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 can um, WIs do to, to to raise awareness? I think this is such a good question, Mandy. Thank you for asking it. Um, and I think you know, I mean, the, the WI, the, the membership of the WI um, is goes back to what I was saying earlier about each WI branch is made up of its members. And, you know, it's really good to acknowledge that very often they are sort of heterosexual, they are white, um, they are sort of all of these things. Um, that's the reasons for that, I think, are part of a wider structural kind of problem within our society. Um, and I think, first of all, like, I don't think you should we should be letting that stop us having these conversations. I think we need to be brave and we need to jump into these conversations um, in a sort of spirit of mutual respect and friendship and trying to kind of um, build a forum where we can talk about LGBT plus issues. Um, I think that um, scheduling um, something to do with the LGBT plus community as part of your sort of WI uh, program for the year, I think is a really great idea and sort of, uh, you know, think something around Pride Month or LGBT plus History Month. Um, there are lots of resources out there. There are lots of people who are very generous with their time and their efforts, um, who are willing to engage with groups who are interested. Um, I think the structure of the WI, this idea of women coming together and learning new things and talking and sort of developing together is just perfect for ha having these conversations. Um, and yeah, I mean, and if, if anyone wants sort of more specific ideas of how that could take place in the WI, I'm more than happy to have a chat with someone about that and share some resources that I have that might be helpful or useful. Um, that's, you know, I'm more than happy to have that conversation. Oh, brilliant, Kate. Thank you so much. And actually, on that note, I think we've had the very last of our questions and we are at 6.59. So I feel like I've done quite well as a chair <laughs> to not go over. And so I'll, I'll draw this event to a close then. Um, I obviously want to say a big thank you to our panel. Um, it has been fantastic to have your insights um, and your time, I'm sure, has been appreciated by everybody. I've certainly got so much out of it. Um, a big thank you to um, all of the people that organised this event this evening um, and who kind of worked together to bring it together. Thank you so much, everybody. This has been a really amazing evening. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for the WEN Cafe podcast and this really important discussion. Don't forget to join WEN as a member for free if you haven't yet done so. Just visit whenwales.org.uk 
and click on join us. You can also follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Our handle is at WhenWales. Let us know what you thought of the podcast by getting in touch via our social channels or do email us. We're at admin at whenwales.org.uk.